Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Hope all of you are doing well. I feel like it's been a kind of busy time for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it has been. Of course, you know, it wasn't that long ago we had family visiting and all of that. So then getting back into work and all of that, it's has been kind of hectic. It has been. And, you know, one of the things anybody who's anybody in the United States I know have feelings about some of the stuff going on right now. And I know it's something that I've been working on with clients in in sessions this last week of Roe versus Wade. And understand this, we are not, we're not, this isn't about a political thing. This isn't about anything. This really is about the anxiety some people are feeling. And, and I know in my profession, I've talked with other clinicians how we're helping our clients navigate this this new anxiety. Yeah, and there are a plethora of things that are going on politically or whatever, but it's the world around us and how, you know, it feels like it's changing quickly and in some ways it feels like we're going way far forward and then in some ways it feels like we're reaching way far back. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the general consensus of the people I've talked to, you know, in in my office and stuff like that. And just that feeling of, as one of my clients said, she goes, it, things just feel really heavy right now. I think it's creating a, a feeling of angst in everybody just because there is so much happening and there are so many opinions about all the different things that are going on. It's hard, I think, for people to sometimes voice their opinion about things. People feel like they're on edge a lot. So there's a lot of anxiety around it all. Well, and I have one of my clients we talked yesterday, and that was one of the things she said. She said about the feeling, the heaviness, but also, you know, even her sitting back and watching some of her friendships and how this has caused a rift. And there's this rift within the friendships because people are taking such hard stances on things. And I think it's so hard because you want to be able to have a passion for things and so sometimes with that passion, people dig their heels in and, and they are very strong in that opinion, but at the same time, not wanting the conflict. So it's really a kind of a slippery slope that people are trying to navigate right now and keeping relationships strong, even with whether political, religious or whatever those opinions are, you know what I mean, or beliefs, uh, you know, it's, it's how do you navigate that? I know one of our friends, uh, who's been here, Tim and Mikey have been here working on our backyard and a total shout out to those two because y'all, our backyard was like a jungle. jungle. When the twins were here, the the, one of them says, hey, is it okay if I go out and play in your safari back there? Because that's what it looked like. It was horrible. Yeah. So they've been doing just this amazing, amazing job. But we were out talking out about this and, and, and Tim was upset about it. And so was Mikey. Tim has a daughter Mikey's married to her and they were talking about that how they feel that impact was and then they went on to talk about the LBGTQ plus and contraceptives that were discussed as well and and he goes I'm not angry for me he goes I'm angry for the people I love I don't want them to lose things and he asked me what I felt about that and I said you know we've kind of been navigating this for a while now so it's a little bit different I think and the thing is is I tell people if you're angry what is it you can do that is constructive for you that's the piece to help keep that anxiety down. Because when you feel like you're not in control, but I tell people, we're not in control of anything external to us anyway. What happens is going to happen. 
But what do we do with it? What do we do with the thoughts and the the feelings that come with that? And then how do we conduct ourselves? How do we be a positive influence? How do we not value our relationships and navigate those in a way that they're this this is something that's going to come and go, you know, but you know, hopefully friendships, family, things like that are long-term things, but people are there's a str- real struggle with it right now. Definitely, and I think, you know, like you you said that your client client was saying about that heaviness and I think a lot of people are feeling that. And you know, it is. It's coming from so many different angles. Absolutely. You know, whenever you have an election coming up, there's some of that angst that comes with that. There's a lot of the stuff going on around the world that impacts us as well. So I think it's it's not just there's there's so much. It's like a lot of stuff is happening. People are looking at the economy right now. You know, how many times us or my clients go and say, oh, my God, I go in the store and there's this stuff isn't there. And that's creating an, an, an anxiety. So it's a, it's a combination of so many things. Well, and it's hard to filter it all. I mean, you have so many things coming at you at once and you just, you know, you're scrolling or whatever and you're seeing all these things and it's just, it's a lot to take in. And I think that people really have to prioritize what's important to them and and try to keep the focus because there, there is so much that's coming from all sides. You know, they'll often tell me, well, how do I know what to believe? And I always tell people, you know, Take the time to research things. Exactly. Go look at sources. Go look at who has a buy-in to stuff. All, there's all sorts of stuff that goes into that. Who does the funding for that research. Absolutely. All of that stuff. Because you, the things that are really important to you like that, if you take the time to go and research those things, you're going to feel better about it within yourself, just educating yourself on the situation. And I think that's what it is. And, and you know, sometimes my clients will challenge me on certain things and you know, I'll make a point of by the next time we meet and they'll say, I'll, I know you'll go look up. All, but my bachelor's is a bachelor's of science and we did a lot of research. So for me, it's it's kind of fun. <laughs> well, my degree is in history government. So there was a lot of research in that as well. Exactly. So we do spend a lot of time looking at stuff because I guess I always tell people there's a grain of truth to everything, but it's how do you sort it out? And the other thing is, is it also is what is our emotional buy-in to something. Yeah. That's really, really huge. And it's not a matter. And I don't think we have to compromise our beliefs. I don't think we have to compromise our political views or whatever that is. But I tell people, be open to listen to a conversation because there's nothing wrong with listening to somebody else's point of view, so long as they're doing it in a constructive way. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with that nowadays. And it's like everybody's shouting over everyone else trying to be heard. But really, we talk about over and over listening with intention. And sometimes that is the best thing that you can do to even sort things out in your own mind and feel better about something. And having the common courtesy to hear someone out. And sometimes it's stuff you don't want to hear. And I think sometimes people are sitting there saying, you know, we don't have to be one extreme or the other. And I think that becomes that frustration when they feel like there's this polarizing thing that's taking place and they don't understand why does it have to be on such extremes so it's kind of like why aren't we just in the middle somewhere and I think that's very frustrating for people as well or what some of the stuff that I'm hearing well and especially when if people are just looking at news and things like that because they're always the focus is always on the extreme 
it seems like that that's the thing that's in your face the most is those facets of it that are extreme in thinking. And, you know, it's just over the top actions sometimes and stuff like that. And you get absorbed in that kind of thing. But fortunately, hopefully the people that you've surrounded yourself with in your life, you're hopefully able to have conversations with, and it's not just, and there are people that are staunch in their beliefs about things and there's, that's okay. But hopefully you're able to have these conversations and hear each other out. Well, and I think that's really the key thing is, you know, I, I, you know, because oftentimes my clients will get, you know, once again, remember, I work with people who have, you know, we're talking about mental illness, so their anxiety might be higher than what would be within the norm of other people's anxieties and or depressive things or whatever. But, you know, oftentimes what I tell them is you have to remember that when you're watching the news, that is such a small percentage of our population. It's tiny. And I always tell them. Go look in your neighborhood. Is any are, are your neighbors running up and down creating mayhem and stuff? Well, no. The neighborhood next door? No. The neighborhood next door? No. But I said, so what we do is our chaos sells. Yes. That, I think everybody knows that. Chaos sells. Well, exactly. It's not going to be interesting news to know that your neighborhood is okay. <laughs> that no. You're, that everything's You know, everybody's calm. done their spring planting. and <laughs> Right. That's not what sells. And I think that's the thing I always tell them to remember is that what they're seeing is just a small percentage of people in humanity to remember that. Look at your neighborhoods. Look at the people you surround yourself with. That is also a real good representation of things as well. But we will look at what is being fed to us. And no disrespect to news people. They do that. That's their job. That's what they get paid for. But they, but we all know too that it is the drama in all of that that sells the chaos, the drama. Mm-hmm. And we're you seeing know? that so much of the time. I think it does create an underlying current of anxiety in a lot of people. And I think that's why people might also feel like things aren't happening because you all you see is the extremists, whether it's the right or the left, and not understanding there's stuff going on in the middle too that's just not being advertise because it doesn't have the same level of drama right so i always tell people remember that that i think is a really good way to really help bring down that anxiety is to put things more in perspective to understand that they're selling a product yeah going to car dealership and if you go into toyota toyota's going to sell you a toyota that's going to be you know ford whatever that is and i tell people it's your job to do the research on the car you're going to buy same difference. Do the research on the stuff you're listening to. Exactly. What you put and what you listen to fills your mind. Mm-hmm. But if you start looking for solutions, when you start saying, what is it that I can actively do in my life? Because you can be an activist for a cause, but it still starts with you. Because if you're an activist for a cause, but your anxiety's through the roof, you've done nothing to help anybody in the end. Because in the end, you have to take care of you first. Mm-hmm. So you have to find those ways to calm that mind down, to calm that anxiety down. And whether it's anxiety or just angst or unrest or that happy feeling, whatever that is, that is consuming you at this time, you have to f- stop and say, how do I feed my soul? How do I feed my energy? How do Whatever those words are that you use in order to decrease that heaviness, that anxiety and all of that is to shift the focus Stop looking at things that are creating the anxiety. If you know you're anxious about what's going on in the world and you get up every morning and the first thing you do is put on the TV, 
And I had a client who told her husband that because he's, oh, I mean, just negative, negative about everybody and the people and all of this and all of that. And finally she told him, we were talking about it. And I says, well, and she goes, all he does is watch the news. And then he's angry, mm-hmm. you know, about this is going wrong and this is going wrong. I mean, it's just this. And we talked about that. And I says, well, what you feed is what you're going to get. So she had a conversation with him and said, do you really believe the world is that bad? And he said, well, why are you saying that? She goes, because you're not listening to what you're speaking. And she says, maybe you should stop watching the news all the time. And I think it's easy for people to get caught up in that. And it, you know, it can be like a runaway train. And once they're on it, your mind is engulfed by all of that. And it does. It creates that underlying thing of angst and sometimes anger and all of that. So you're kind of living in that state all of the time. It can be very stressful. I mean, think about how that probably plays out in the rest of your life. And how many times I'll hear my parents say to me, oh my God, I wish my kid would stop watching that stupid program or TikTok or YouTube. And and why are they watching that person? And and that's all they want to talk about. And I'm thinking, hmm, does it sound familiar? (laughs) Your focus is something else, but you might be fixated. (laughs) And to the kid, they look at you and think, why are you watching news? That's stupid. Just makes you mad. Or whatever. So those are the things is really taking that time to really sit down with yourself and with those thoughts. And are they really healthy for me? And sometimes when we stay in a place of anxiety or anger or that heaviness feeling, we don't feel like we can have an action. We actually feel like we're stuck within something that we're stuck in that muck, so to speak, not understanding we're stuck in the muck because we're not doing an action to even get out of it, whether it's a thought that leads to the the feeling to the action or whatever. People aren't doing that. They're staying, they feel like they're, that heaviness stays with them or whatever. And I tell people, what is it that you have the power to do? Once again, we have the power to vote. Mm-hmm. You also have the power to run for office. You know, I told one of my clients, run for office. And even if you're not feeling that ambitious, it's really, it really does come back to, I think, educating yourself again. That's the action that you can take sometimes is doing the research and trying to understand where the other side comes from. Why do they have that opinion? Sometimes that within itself, if you're educating yourself, you will gain a better feeling just having that knowledge. Well, and the other thing is, is I tell people, educate others. Yeah. But do it in a constructive way. And not a critical way. Exactly. We have one friend who we love her dearly. We do not agree on a lot and on on some stuff. But you know what? She's still our great friend. Mm -hmm. We hang out. We respect each other. We respect that. You don't have to be the same. But when I sit there and say, well, if you're friends with that person and they did this, they believe this or this is their political view. No, it doesn't work. It's crazy to me. I don't understand it. And how childish really that feels. I do remember being in grade school and I remember that being a whole thing. Well, if you're friends with so-and-so, I can't be your friend or you're not coming to my whatever. And you're not coming I, to my birthday party. You're not coming to my birthday party. So, I mean, I remember those things in school and I remember thinking, well, I want to be friends with both or whatever, you know, and it, it just, but to see that play out in adulthood and it does, I think all the time. <laughs> and I see that I, I have one and she's very much a part of the LBGTQ plus community because of her uh, children and stuff. And, She's very staunch in that and tells the person she's involved with, well, no, we can't have that. That person can't be in our life because they believe this or they believe that. No, 
that's the beauty of our country is we have the, the right as a human being. I don't care where we're at. We should have the right to believe the way we believe, to feel the way we feel. If it is not being harmful to another human being or an animal, mm-hmm. you know, if we're not being harmful to nature, whatever, that's the whole thing. Remembering first and foremost, kindness, I feel like. Yes. Should be the number one thing. And we have conversations with friends that sometimes we might have differing opinions. But you know what? I think that we really do our best to be respectful. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have forgotten how to do that. Agree to disagree. Yes. It's as simple as that, really. I mean, there's a lot of times you won't have the same opinions as others, but... Agreeing to disagree is huge. And I think sometimes when a friendship is valuable, like our friendship with the, the, the one we're talking about, because that friendship is valuable, we'll just make certain topics that we just don't talk about because they're not relevant to the friendship. Right. They're really not. And that's the other thing I tell people. If it's not relevant, it doesn't have to be a conversation. Mm-hmm. If you both already know your stance and your opinion about certain things. Now, there are times, though, that, People can be very opposite. I mean, extremely opposite. And if you have two extreme left and extreme rights, that can be difficult at times Mm -hmm. because of that strong feeling. Once again, we have strong feelings about things. We are active in a lot of different things. But once again, how do you do that in a respectful way? And if there are two different extremes like that, I mean, that's where boundaries come in and those kinds of things that you you have to set to take care of you. Absolutely. Once again, this isn't about, we're not being political on this. You know, everybody has their opinion about the overturning of Roe versus Wade. We actually, we have our opinion, but this isn't about that. This is about how do we have our opinion and keep that anxiety down? How do we still navigate and feel like we're okay right now? Because people are not feeling okay. And how do you navigate those different opinions and have those people in your lives? Or maybe you don't, like I said, setting those boundaries. And there are some lines that are crossed in these situations. And, you know, one of the things is, is it's always being mindful because we don't know somebody's history. And I always tell people, because you don't know their history, be mindful of that. So if somebody comes up and makes a blanket statement, well, about abortion or about adoption or about anything about LBGTQ+. People do not know somebody's history and they can inadvertently really hurt somebody and, and that can create damage to another human being. So it's always in how we present information. Yeah, and I think how we talk. Blanket statements are very dangerous sometimes. We have to really think that through before we say those things. Absolutely. And I think that's the key thing is if we can practice that kindness with others and we can remember that at the end of the day, be above all before everything else, we are all human beings. Mm -hmm. But we do not focus on that. We focus on all these other things. And this is what I find interesting is that, you know, through life circumstances or whatever, we can change political affiliations. We change religions through life experience. So those are things are not solidified. But the thing that is solidified is at the end of the day, whether you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, Tea Party, Catholic, Jewish, Hindu, Muslim, whatever, Christian, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. That is the one thing that remains constant. 
All those other things are circumstances away from changing. Yeah. We talked about this in the past. We're all a circumstance away from being in poverty and of mental illness. The same thing is true with all these other things that we hold on to so dearly. And we will sacrifice friendships, families, all of these other things. And I get it. But you have to ask yourself, is it worth that? Or is there another way I can still have my opinion, have my beliefs, everything else, and do it respectfully? Because I think it's the disrespect. It's how people present. This is just based on even what I'm hearing from people. It's I don't care that that person has that belief, but it's when they're telling me my belief is wrong, when they're telling me I'm like stupid for believing or I'm a sheep or all of these other things, and I feel all like these terms that we're using that are derogatory. That is happening so much of the time now. I mean, it seems like that it's over the top, that people thrive on being able to tell someone else they're wrong. Yes. And that's really not what it should be about. I mean, you can have opinions and beliefs about things and still show kindness to others. Absolutely. And I think that we we really work on that. That's something that we work on when we're talking with our friends or with others. And, and you know, I mean, I work on that with my clients because oftentimes when people have mental illness, one of the reasons they have mental illness is because they've already felt like they've been told that whatever they're feeling is wrong. You're supposed to be this. You're supposed to be that. So they already have that coming in in, in with the mental illness. Once again, and because you don't know people's story, you don't know if you're talking to somebody with a mental illness. So when you tell them, well, what you're saying, you're thinking is stupid and wrong, that plays right into the disorder already. And that's what I mean. My thing is, and if people listening do not know this and, and have not figured this out about me, I am a very strong advocate for mental illness. I'm a very strong advocate for the people that I serve because they need that voice. So oftentimes, so when I'm talking about some of this, remember that I'm talking about it from sometimes a therapeutic point of view. And in this situation, I'm talking about it through a therapeutic point of view. But I'm also talking about because a lot of our friends are feeling the impact of this. We're all going to feel the impact of this to some degree. But what do we do with it? How do we stay healthy within the chaos that happens around us? I think we do it through communication and just being able and willing to have conversations with people because it's like there's nothing wrong with having those conversations, even on the things that maybe you don't see eye to eye on, understanding that there are ways to plant seeds with people to maybe help them to realize maybe they do need to go and do more research about a topic or something like that. Opening up the thinking, there's nothing wrong with that. But in order to plant something, you're going to start with a seed. You're not going to go and try and replace it with a giant tree to start with. It's a gentle approach to things that can happen through conversation. Well, I think even, you know, in our podcast, that seed we're trying to plant is kindness. Right. It's communication. Yeah. Communicate. Talk with people. Get to know, where did this come from? Why do you believe so strongly about this? Because the reason they believe so strongly may be a circumstance that brought them to this. Mm -hmm. And so it's having empathy and it's trying to have an understanding of that. And it can be hard. And it can be hard, especially when you have a strong opinion. One of the cool things, I think, for me about being a therapist is my opinion is not relevant in therapy. (laughs) It really isn't. 
unless it's asked of me. Otherwise, my opinion's not relevant. So it's one of those places I can be at and I just get to listen to other people, what they truly think and what they truly feel. And I'm not, what I'm thinking or feeling isn't relevant in that time. Well, and so you're... You find out so much more by asking questions, you know, like you say, find out why this person's coming from the place that they are. Well, you know, how did they form those opinions? Asking questions is good. It's not about telling them something different. It's not about, it's sort of like we say about listening with intent. You're not sitting there thinking of what the response is going to be, you know, just yeah, listening. Formulating. Yeah. Just listening to them and asking questions. I think that's what's really important, too, is that question piece. But if I ask a question, I have to be willing to listen to the answer. Right. And oftentimes people ask a question so they've already formulated the question and the response without listening to the response. So they're, they formulated the response to the response. And I think that I see that often. And being in awareness and being in, aware in that moment of what's going on right in this moment with me and the person in front of me. Because sometimes that's more relevant than trying to bring the whole world into that moment. Because mm -hmm. it's too big. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. Sometimes you can ask the question. And if it's something you have a staunch belief about, you're already formulating the response to why you feel like that person is wrong before you've even heard their answer. And I think that's happening a lot. Mm-hmm. Once again, sometimes, I, and I think that's a key thing you, you said earlier, is set boundaries. Set boundaries. If there are things, there are topics you're not going to be, and understand, the topic may not be, sometimes people don't want to have a topic of this friend, that family member, work. It could be anything mm -hmm. that creates that angst in a, in a person. So it doesn't have to be, we're not just talking political stuff or beliefs or things like that. We're talking setting those boundaries is about taking care of yourself. And if and if a conversation creates too much angst in you, maybe you don't need to be having that conversation with that person. You can share ideas. You can still share your ideas. And I don't think we're sitting here saying you got to keep your ideas to yourself. Absolutely not. We don't keep our ideas to ourselves. Right. But it's how do you present them? How do we be respectful of others? Because I think that's really a key thing. Whenever we're listening to those, and and I think that sometimes, to be honest, I think sometimes our politicians don't think things through. And sometimes even when they speak, they're not trying to speak to everybody. They're only trying to speak to their small little faction. And sometimes we have to remember there's a lot of people out there. And even maybe if it started there with people learning to communicate more effectively, learning to understand that words have power. And sometimes that's why people are getting so angry when they feel like they're being silenced, when they feel like they're being made to be invisible. That to a lot of people is very hurtful. It's very damaging. Yeah. And nobody wants to be invisible or like they don't matter. And I think that's what is happening sometimes. And particularly on a political level, people are saying, well, why is it this small group of people get to make a decision when, say, the population says this and they say this, right. who are they really listening to? Who does this benefit? Is this, this isn't about the population. This is about a small group of people that are being tried to, that's what it very much feels like to them. Mm -hmm. 
And I can't sit there and say, well, no, that's not the way that I can't because that is their true opinion. And that is how they are viewing this. So, you know, once again, I go back to them with, but what can help you to feel better in this moment? Exactly. What can help you to feel less anxious? That is the the focus of all of this. I mean, kindness, yes, but also being okay within yourself, even though there's all of this outside stuff that is going on. And yeah, it's creating this energy that does feel kind of heavy and that, but understanding, like you said, in the areas that you can take action, where you can feel better. Because I think that a lot of people don't even realize that some of this energy is staying around on the backside. So even when they think they're focused on maybe their jobs or their families or those kinds of things, that heaviness of all the background noise is kind of just sitting there. It's sort of like, you know, I think the people that feel overwhelmed by maybe something that you need to do, a project that you need to do or whatever, but you've got a mountain of stuff that you feel like that you have to go through to make this project happen. That overwhelming feeling sits there in the background with you all the time, hangs over your head. I go through this every year with taxes. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like that is sitting in the background of my mind, no matter whatever else I'm doing. Here I'm visiting with family. I'm having good time, enjoying all this stuff. But yet in the background, I still feel that sitting back there knowing that it needs to be done. So I feel like the energy of, like I said, all this background noise and all the stuff that we see, news or social media or whatever it is, is in our face all the time. So how do we deal with that piece of it? Because I think that it's sitting there, that energy is sitting there on top of us, even throughout all the other stuff we're doing in our lives. And it's having an impact on people. You can feel the stress of it. Well, and that's a good way of putting it. And I think that's what the heaviness that my client was saying, it feels heavy. It feels, and I think once again, it's because what are the little things we can do to unclutter our own lives? And if we unclutter in little ways, then that starts to open things up. So things start to feel a little more airy, so to speak. Uncluttering is a huge thing because it, and it creates space for you to be able to breathe and not feel so overwhelmed and and encumbered with everything. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things is, is once again, whatever somebody's belief is on Roe versus Wade, remember that if, if you're out there and you have a strong feeling, say against, or you're for the overturning of Roe versus Wade, remember when you're talking to women, you don't know their, you don't know their history. So be kind. I know a lot of people sit there and say, you know, when people make the decision to to do abortion or whatever, you know, I've had clients who have had to make those tough decisions for different reasons when they were younger or whatever, and, and the anguish they have, it is not an easy decision for anybody. Having children's not an easy decision for anybody. When we talk, when I talk to people and they're, they're like, oh my God, it's really expensive to have kids these days, you know, and they're talking about all the stuff the schools demand and Things have changed. Everybody, I think, having a child is a personal reason, just as if one puts a child up for adoption or if they have, if they make the choice for abortion. Those are very personal reasons and they're all, and it holds a strong emotional feeling to it. So being courteous, if if, if you're going to go up and talk to a female about that, be kind, be understanding. Or even a male, because maybe they had to participate, you know, their their thing was, no, you know, we can't afford this or or whatever those decisions. There's many reasons for that. I think that that 
has really become a huge thing with people and why, you know, you hear so many people trying to be heard over the other is because a lot of times I feel like that people have forgotten that human connection and how to take themselves out of it and put yourself in that person's shoes for that moment, because they're only going to tell you, you know, so much you have to really listen and understand their life experience is not yours. And I think that's the key thing is I think everybody wants people to respect them and where they've come from and where they are, but that's a two way street. How do we be respectful in the same way? Cause you know, I don't want people to minimize my journey, right? but we often minimize somebody else's journey when we're trying to make our point and particularly when it's political or uh, a belief system and understanding to have empathy and to understand that not everybody's journey is the same and to be aware of that. I remember being in a class once uh, when I was in college and, and the topic came up about sexual assault and, and the way in which the, the professor said the comment, it could be misconstrued a different way. And somebody in the, the class did that and got up and walked out. And, you know, we then found out, well, uh, she was a victim of sexual assault. And the way he said it, because it should have been more follow through, but it came off very derogatory to her and it was very harmful to her. And it, it really set her back. You know, and I think those are the things that oftentimes we have to remember. We might have a real quick response to something, but in that response, we have to we have to take accountability and responsibility for the things that we say and that we do if they are harmful to other people. Mm-hmm. And to sit there, and if I say a comment and somebody says, you know, that was really hurtful, my response isn't, well, I'm sorry you heard it that way, but that's not what I meant. My response is, I'm so sorry that that was harmful to you. There's a difference. One is trying to justify, and in justification of my behavior, I'm minimizing the other person. I'm minimizing what they were feeling. If I say something to hurt Christy's feelings, and I sit there and say, well, I don't know why you got hurt by that. That's not even what I meant. That's not an apology. That's telling her what you heard was wrong, or what you feel is wrong. Right. I was going to say that a lot of people, I think, just go to the place of, well, that may have been hurtful to you, but it's truth. That's it's, what they think. And I hear, oh, yeah, I get that a lot. And people will say that even when it's about a belief or a political stance or this, that or the other. Well, that might have hurt you, but it's the truth. No, it's your truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even in giving truth, and I, I have to work often with my clients on that. Well, I'm just saying the truth. Well, it's your delivery of the truth. That's the problem, not the truth itself. And you still have to take into account the other person's feelings. You know, I mean, okay, you know, you believe it to be the truth. You can state that or whatever, but still, like I say, showing that kindness to that other person and realizing that your words were hurtful, at least be aware and recognize that. And if the person is, leave, let it go. If you tell that person you're comment, I didn't like it, 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 I was bothered by it, whatever, and they say, oh, I'm so sorry, then okay, take it and leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And some, Because sometimes we'll go back and forth with that as well. We're talking about communication. We're talking about in that communication, listening with intention, being accountable, taking accountability and responsibility for the things that we say. 
and how they impact others. You know, historically, we have had really strong leaders, very popular, strong leaders, and those that are that way, you can tell they articulate amazingly things like that, that are really relevant and important. Have your opinion, but don't be malicious and intent in trying to deliver that message. Exactly. And I get it. And I understand if you have strong feelings about stuff, kudos to you. Have passion. And I believe passion is important. And I believe that we have to have causes. I believe that we have to give back. But we do not have to do it in malicious or mean ways. We do not have to do it at the expense of others and how they are feeling and trying to navigate this world. And I think that's what it is. So when I hear they're saying mean things and stuff like that, and I don't want to listen to the mean stuff, they're not saying about the opinion of the person. They're talking about the delivery. And that's what we're saying. Be aware of it. Pay attention. And I always tell people, and when I'm working with them, who is it you want to be? What is the characteristics you want for you? Not about other people. What do you admire in others? How do you bring that into your life? And I think that that, you know, that personal growth is what helps you with relationships and, you know, all facets of your life. So you have to be willing sometime to even question why you have the beliefs that you do about things. You know, you have to investigate that even more. Where did these ideas come from? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so strongly about something? And that's where we go back to, too, about doing your research and that kind of thing. And don't misunderstand me. Christy and I will have our rant sessions. (laughs) We will. And then we'll sit back and say, oh, okay. And then it's done. But it's not to sit there and say, I promise you, we are very passionate about a lot of things. But that's not what this forum is about for me. This is about talking about how do we get people to a better place It's not talking about, you know, our little rants and things like that because, you know, everybody has those. That's human. Yes. Mm -hmm. We have strong passion about things and we will talk passionately about them. But remembering the human connection is the ultimate thing, I, I think. Absolutely. And I think that that's something that you and I, and this is something that we, we practice. Yeah. It is not something, it's something that we didn't, you don't start out having sometimes. Or you have some of it, but it's you have to hone it and tweak it and all of those things. We always talk about practice, and that's really everything that we do. I mean, because the human nature, you will ebb and flow with everything. Mm-hmm. And you just have to continue that practice because there will be moments where you're more successful at it than others. Mm-hmm. And you're more successful based on the emotional buy-in you have to whatever is going on. Because some of my clients have done amazingly, amazingly well with their communication. But with the Roe versus Wade, they've had a little lax in that communication and they identify and they don't like it. It's because it has such a strong, they're having such a strong emotional reaction. But they're able to identify that because of that strong emotional reaction, they're not communicating and they're not and they're letting the anxiety get the best of them or whatever. They're able to identify that. And then it's okay. Now that you've identified it, what do we do to help bring that in? Yes, because when you're highly emotional, that's when you're oftentimes the least effective in your communication. Mm -hmm. And you can tell somebody, I really strongly, strongly disagree with this or I really strongly, strongly agree with it. 
I'm having all kinds of, and I thought my client did well when she was explaining that. I just feel this heaviness. Yeah. I feel that heavy. She did pretty good at expressing that. And I've had others who are just, what the, blah, 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 is going on? And on and on and on. And once again, my thing is, okay, now you vented. Now what do you do from here? And it's easy to get wrapped up in that and get overwhelmed because it just seems like there's so much madness sometimes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. But it's, do we have to be an active participant of the madness or do we figure out what do we do differently in order to be a part of a solution to the madness? And sometimes people, it's, it's on such a small level, on such a small level that we're talking about here. But sometimes it takes something very tiny for us to feel that we have a voice or that we have some sense of power. If people march, that's their voice. If they write to their Congress and Senate, that's their voice. If they are involved in city council or whatever that is, that is their voice. And that's what you have to do is find that place that gives you that sense of, you know, that, that you do have some power in a situation. Like, Absolutely. Like you mentioned about taking action. And whatever action it is, and it may be something as simple as I'm going to practice when I talk about my strong feeling on this, being aware of somebody else so that I'm not inadvertently hurting others or whatever that is. That's an action. And it's an action on a small level, but you will feel empowered because you're doing that. Mm -hmm. You're in control of that. You are in control of what you think, what you feel, and how you respond to a situation. It's when we get so emotional that we're responding outside of that, then then we have anxiety about the response. And it's, it's like this whole snowball feeling. Mm -hmm. In order for there to be change, remember, we do need those strong activists. We do need those people who are very vocal. We do. Mm -hmm. Stuff brings about change. Right. And sometimes it is those strong voices, those more active. You know, when we look at those things, you know, when we look historically how... We have changed and, you know, there have been marches, there have been protests, there have been all of these things. I'm not saying those are just as relevant to our history and to who we are as all the other stuff. There can be good things born out of that as well, but it can also be planting the seeds. Yes. So it's not saying one way or the other is right or wrong. Not what trying it, to talk over others. <laughs> no, it is saying what can I do at the end of the day? It is always, what do I do to take care of me? And in taking care of me, I can then have a stronger voice. I can then navigate the madness a little bit better. And I don't feel the heaviness of it. That's what we're talking about. How do we navigate the heaviness? How do we navigate the madness to still feel a sense of I'm okay within the chaos? Because we will always have chaos. There will always be a degree of chaos. Mm -hmm. But in the, sometimes it's like, oh, well, we had chaos here and I did okay. We had that with COVID. The same stuff, you know, we talked about how do you navigate even, how did you navigate that chaos? People navigated and they came out and, and they were okay. Mm -hmm. Not getting so caught up and overwhelmed by it all, creating that space around you and and your family and your priorities and that. Absolutely. So 
hopefully you walk away from today knowing that, yes, the overturning of Roe versus Wade will have ramifications for our society. That's just the reality of it. But also, how do I be okay with myself? And we're not talking about the political climate. We're talking about you as an individual. How do I be okay in this? Because laws will come, laws will go, but you have always got to be, you're always with you. And how do I learn to navigate this? Because there will be more to come. And how do I prepare myself for the things to come to be as healthy as I can within all of those changes? But how do I have my voice? But how do I still remember at the end of the day, we're all human beings? And how do I practice that human kindness, but still plant a seed maybe here or there? And how do I voice the things that I feel because they are relevant and important, but sometimes find the people who will let you, who will hold that space for you to rant and to rage about the injustices or whatever they are. Find those people. Do that with them. Plant those seeds. But at the end of the day, take care of yourself. Work on keeping that anxiety down because it is not good for us. Stress is not our friend. At a little stress is, a lot of stress is not. So hopefully you walk away learning that maybe actively listening, speaking with kindness, still having your opinions and your beliefs is okay, but doing it in a way that it doesn't keep you in an elevated state. Yeah. And researching and educating yourself on the facts. And talking to those people with different opinions, because that is also an education. Yeah. And being respectful of others. So we hope that you all have a wonderful week. We hope that you all practice self-care and kindness. And that you experience kindness. Yes. So until next week, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And oh, happy 4th of July to all of you. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.